And now it's time for Dave's Disney View Podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle Tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. But he understands its place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. So come along and take a listen to Dave's thoughts about the Walt Disney World Resorts and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, today's podcast looks a little bit deeper into FastPass Plus. Well, let me back up a little bit and explain to those of you who aren't familiar with the whole FastPass Plus concept, what's going on and what it's all about. I have gotten some questions about this in the recent past, so I wanted to start there and kind of answer some of the questions about what FastPass Plus is and does. So FastPass Plus is really a, a way to take advantage of queuing theory and make sure that people wait in the line the least, least amount of time that they can. So if you look at the way FastPass worked, the old paper-based system, what Disney did was they said, okay, we have this line where people uh, queue up to see an attraction, attraction, a show, or whatever. And what we're going to do is we're going to add something that we call FastPass to it. So with your park ticket, you can get up to one FastPass at a time where you can hold on to that paper ticket and come back during the stamp time and have little or no wait to be able to get on to the attraction. Sounds great. And it worked out pretty well. And they kind of figured out the model and they based it on uh, how long the queue was, the uh, standby line they called it, that was the original queue. They based it on how long that line was to decide uh, when the return time would be for the fast pass to minimize the wait. Now, there's a mathematical algorithm that goes into all of this based on how many people are in the queue, and that's uh, an estimate based on how long the wait time is. You ever notice? Back in the day, they used to hand you these red cards on your lanyard that you, they would give you when you got in the line, or you might have seen someone with them. When you get to the end, you would hand it to a cast member, and that cast member would then scan it. That would give them an estimate of how long the line was, and they could guesstimate, based on the queue itself, how many people were in that line. So then they could give you a return time that made sense on the FastPass system. So a really clever system that they came up with. And if you look back uh, at the history of it, the idea was if they kept people waiting in line less time, they might spend more money in the parks, so you could boost the bottom line slightly. Very clever and innovative, and I, you know, I, I applaud Disney for thinking that through and coming up with something. Now, FastPass Plus takes it to a different level. What they're saying with FastPass Plus is more of the system is computerized, and more of it is doing this, uh, this queuing thing. So, in effect, if everyone has the FastPass Plus card, or let's say 90% of the people have either the wristband or an RFID-enabled card, and maybe 10% don't for various reasons, that's enough to be able to do the whole queuing model and figure out where people are in the park based on the active RFIDs. So they can see where the, where the crowds are in the park. They can also uh, determine what the actual wait time is in the, in the queue and figure out how many people are in the queue more accurately than they ever could before. So that part of it kind of doesn't change. It gets refined and better. What does change is the fact that now you can get these uh, ride return times that are not paper-based and based on you going up to a kiosk and, and putting your, your ticket in, your, uh, your entry ticket in, you can actually get a return time by just uh, going online and using a, a computer-based system 
to be able to pick a return time for any attraction. Now, people have complained that they've set it up in a way where it's actually disadvantageous to you because you have to plan your attractions in advance, like way in advance in some cases. Now, the length of time that you can book them in advance varies from 180 days, which is uh, for those people who are staying on property, down to 30 days in advance for those people who are staying off property and have annual passes. Now, there are some people who buy a pass that day, and they can do the real-time reservations based on purchasing the ticket at the gate. And those are the ones that kind of get, well, the short end of the stick, I guess is the way I'd put it, because they're not able to get the passes maybe that they want. And you can book up to three attractions per day on this FastPass Plus system. Now, the tricky part is, because of the way the tiering system works, you can't always get three really nice e-ticket attractions. Sometimes you have to pick some of the lesser attractions to fill in. Now, once you've used up some of those FastPass Pluses, you can get other ones for that day. So, in effect, the system changed, and it re-leveled the playing field. You may recall that in the past, the playing field was really not level. It was advantageous to the day guest or to the seasoned veteran who was coming to the parks. At Rope Drop, you could run to any of the Fast Pass machines and get a Fast Pass return time for pretty much any attraction that same day. So, you could be assured that you could ride Toy Story Midway Mania with little or no weight. So what Disney did was they said, well, let's level that playing field and make sure that the people who are paying the most, those people who have booked a vacation with us and are staying on property, get the biggest advantage, get to book the furthest out, and get the premium return times. Now, I can't say for sure, but I do have a feeling in the back of my mind that those people who are booking the deluxe resorts or the Disney Vacation Club properties may have priority at some of the attractions. I have a hunch, and it's nothing more than that, trust me, that Disney may be reserving some of the FastPass Plus selections for people who are staying at those types of properties to make sure that they have first choice at them. And of course, that's their right in doing that because Disney owns the system. So the playing field went from being leveled toward people who are day guests or seasoned veterans or annual pass holders to being more geared to the vacation club members or the people who are staying at the deluxe resorts. And if you think about it, The way the system used to work with the FastPass system, the people that were coming in and staying at the vacation club, maybe they're taking a more leisurely day and they head off to the parks at 10 o'clock instead of at rope drop uh, for early entry at 8 o'clock, and they're going into the park and they may be shut out of some of the premium attractions and have to wait in line, and that probably generates complaints. So Disney did what they had to do and changed the plan. And it all makes sense to a large degree. If you can minimize the wait times in some cases, you can get people to go to different places and maybe they'll spend more money. It's back to that original premise that they had. And this is where it gets maybe a little more complicated. I mentioned Toy Story Midway Mania a couple of times already because that particular attraction currently runs on two tracks in the uh, Hollywood studios. And what they're thinking about doing, according to the rumor, is to add a third track so that that way they would have more capacity in it. Sounds great. But what they also decided to do over the last week or so was to change the policy so that there is no standby queue. You have to get a FastPass Plus in order to ride the attraction. So during this quote-unquote limited test, what you had to do was actually get a FastPass Plus just to be able to ride that attraction. That's a very different thing than what they've done in the past. They're saying that there is no standby queue. You can only ride it with FastPass Plus, and once the FastPass Pluses are gone, they're gone. See, there's an interesting problem here inherent in the system. The way Disney was running the FastPass Plus system and tweaking it along the way, the FastPass Plus line was getting longer and longer, and you could wait 30 minutes or maybe sometimes even a little longer to be able to get into your favorite attraction. And that's not good because what you're doing is you're recreating the standby line and the FastPass Plus line. So Disney's trying to tweak the system to make it so the FastPass Plus line is always minimized. Part of the reason that it gets longer is because they're having trouble controlling the crowds that come to the standby queue. 
It's 180 days out, and I forgot to book Toy Story Midway Mania. I can't get it, so the only way I'm going to be able to ride it is to get in the standby queue. That standby queue may be two hours, and I'm going to have to deal with that and stand in the line for that period of time. So on the plus side, Disney is saying, well, we're going to take you out of that queue and let you just get a Fast Pass Plus. But on the other side, they're saying, well, if you didn't get a Fast Pass Plus, sorry, you couldn't ride it. And I'm kind of on the fence about this, and I'll tell you why. On the one hand, it feels kind of like this. I'm a day guest. I go in the park, I walk by Toy Story Midway Mania, and I see the wait time is about 60 minutes. And I say, you know, I think I'm going to come back later because I don't want to wait 60 minutes. I want to do something else. I come back a couple of hours later, and I see the wait time has increased to 120 minutes. And I go, wow, I really don't want to wait in that. So I go away again. And maybe I come back even later, and I see the wait time is now 120 minutes again. And I say, well, you know, I really don't want to wait but it's getting kind of late. You know, it's already maybe 6 o'clock. I'll come back again one more time later, and I come back near park closing, let's say at 8 o'clock, and the park closes at 9, and the wait time is still 90 minutes. So now I have a choice to make. Do I want to ride this attraction so badly that I'm willing to wait until after the park closes to actually ride it, or do I want to go ahead and skip it? So in effect, it's no different than that. So on my one hand, I'm saying it's really the same thing that we've always seen, just packaged differently. Because I can't get a Fast Pass Plus for it, I can't ride it, but I don't have the control over it. So it's packaged differently, and it's kind of like the way it was. But on the other hand, it's not just that it's packaged differently, it's that the premise is different. I no longer have control over my day in the park. Disney is now controlling it, because I can't stroll by and say, hey, the wait time is low enough. Hey, I want to wait in the standby queue. Now I have to actually book it in advance. For the moment, they're saying that a limited number of Fast Pass Pluses are available on the same day so that you can still ride the attraction. And that's fine, but what happens when they run out? What if I am a day guest and I want to get a Fast Pass Plus for it? What if I decide later I'm going to go to Hollywood Studios and I show up at 11 o'clock and they're all gone? It kind of messes up my day, and it doesn't feel fair to do that in some ways. But Disney has the rights to control how you see the attractions and whatever. But on the whole, I'm not a fan. I don't like the system, I don't like the concept, I don't like what they're trying to build to, where you have to plan your entire vacation in advance. Now, they tell you that you can switch your FastPass Pluses on the fly. And that's true. In the application or at a kiosk, you can actually go and you can change your FastPass Pluses, and that's all good. And I appreciate that they allow you to do that. But there's a limiting factor in there that if there are no FastPass Pluses available for another time or a different day for the attraction you want to ride, you're out of luck. You can't change, you could change your Fast Pass Plus, but you may have to go from riding uh, Toy Story Midway Mania to going to Captain EO over in Epcot. You know, and there's really no trade off there. I mean, that's, they're not the same at all. So, you know, you're kind of losing out on that uh, spontaneity and the aspect of being able to do some things that you may want to do or may not be sure what you're going to do. And I know one of the things Disney wants to do is they really want to cut down on park hopping. Park hopping is a very positive thing uh, for the guest. But for Disney, it's not the greatest proposition because that's time that you're spending traveling between the parks and not looking at merchandise and not purchasing food and doing other things where you're in control of your day rather than them being in control of your day. It's only a matter of time before Disney starts popping up more uh, offers and ads to try and drive you into shops and restaurants to try and get more uh, spend going because ultimately this is about the bottom line and trying to increase spend. They've made it easier with your wristband to be able to spend money And now they're going to try and uh, make sure that they do that in some way. So look out for that. And I don't mean look out in a bad way. Just look out because they're going to be doing that, I think, in the near future. Now, on a related note, one of the other things that's been happening is over at the uh, Be Our Guest restaurant, 
for a period of time when it first opened, they allowed guests to queue up to be able to come in uh, to the restaurant, especially for lunch. For dinner, you had to have an advanced dining reservation, but for lunch, you could just queue up. Then at some point, they started testing out the FastPass Plus system where you could pre-book your experience to go into the restaurant for lunchtime. And instead of being an advanced dining reservation, it was a FastPass Plus reservation, which I found interesting because they kind of changed the model a little bit. And then for a period of time, they said, okay, we're not going to let you stand in the line to come into the restaurant. Instead, we're going to give you a FastPass Plus return time to be able to come in and uh, dine with us. So you'd walk up, and instead of getting in line, they'd hand you a return time. So you wouldn't have to stand in line physically. They'd give you some time to come back. Makes sense, I guess. And then uh, they've changed it more recently where they're testing out some things where they're not letting people uh, even pick up the FastPass Plus in line. You have to book it through the system, which, again, changes the premise of what they're trying to do. And now suddenly you have to do something different in order to dine in a restaurant. And I have to imagine that as they test this out and they figure out whether it works or doesn't work from their perspective, they'll probably expand it out to other locations as well. I suspect that they're probably going to change the advanced dining reservations to be uh, FastPass Plus reservations for dining. So everything's already kind of pre-booked, and you've already got your day planned out for you before you even arrive at the park. I'm not much of a planner. I'm more of a spontaneous guy. When I want to go do something, I just go and do it. I don't really like to plan out my days. I especially don't like to plan out my days at theme parks. I like to let the day wash over me and let it flow and make a decision about what I want to do. And I kind of wish Disney would, would let you choose one or the other. It feels like they're trying to force everybody to be the planner, or they make it more complicated to be the spontaneous person because there's the potential to go up and uh, be spontaneous, but not exactly spontaneous because I have to get a Fast Pass Plus in order to ride this particular attraction. I can't just get in line and do it. So I got to figure that this is all changing and the standby queues are probably going to evolve in some way. I don't know that they actually go away. But I think that there's going to be more FastPass Plus that's brought into the entire attraction. So I, I have a feeling it's going to change. If you've ever ridden on Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin, the way they did it was that they made a queue where you would queue up and kind of uh, snake back and forth and wind up at the end of the attraction and be able to get on uh, your um, Star Cruiser. If you got a FastPass for it, you entered through a second door and went around the queue and joined back up right at the end where you were uh, ready to get on the Star Cruiser. It was up to a cast member to decide how long each line was and decide how to move the lines to get people into the attraction. You wanted to minimize the wait time for the people who were in the fast pass line, but still not make everybody in the regular line wait too long. So you would kind of manage the queue that way. And, you know, some people did it really well and some didn't. But with FastPass Plus, you have the opportunity to take away that back line where people would wait and actually just have one single queue again and just have people coming back in to the queue at the right time. And maybe you could minimize that queue so it, you know, at off-peak times, Buzz Lightyear is a 20-minute wait. And during peak times, it's an 80-minute wait. So you want to try to keep it with your scheduling so that everybody waits about 25 minutes, right? Or 30 maybe, maximum. So that you're doing the queuing so that nobody has to wait a long time in line. Everybody waits kind of a short time. And you've eliminated the need to have people walk up and stand in line. Goods and bads, I guess. If you had an ability, instead of having to uh, do it through the app, if you had an ability to walk up to a, the kiosk and basically just uh, scan your, uh, your tag and say, I want to return to this uh, attraction at this time, it might be easier. And you know, maybe it just comes back and says, okay, you're gonna re your return time is X. More like the old FastPass system, that might work really well rather than having to always go through the whole and clicking through the system. It's a little bit of a pain to click through the system and try to get the uh, attraction you want. 
Now, the way Disney could potentially solve this is by putting some sort of kiosk for FastPass Plus right near every attraction that lets you just scan your uh, wristband right there at the attraction and will give you a return time based on you scanning the attraction. So it just finds the next available return time. Maybe it allows for, you know, you can hit multiple people in there or something so you can all scan at the same time. It just pauses it for a second, you know, pauses the system for a second so it comes back and says, okay, for these four people, here's the return time that we're giving you and it just puts it on your, on your uh, account. You know, or maybe if it's available right now, go ahead and, and ride. You know, now's a good time. Ride now. But maybe you could do that so that you don't actually have to go through the app. It could do something for you on the back end since you're standing in front of the attraction. So the spontaneity could be restored to a large degree. Just my thought, and I hope that they come up with something like that because I really would miss out on the sponta- spontaneous aspect of it. As it stands now, I'm a little frustrated with it, and I don't really like some of the things that I see coming. Again, I'm a day guest. I'm a person who's a regular. I'm a seasoned vet. I know what I'm doing, and they've taken all of that away from me, and they're saying, no, 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 you don't know anymore. We're going to tell you. Yeah, okay, that's nice, but you're, you're changing the premise. You know, what Disney is all about to a large degree just changed. It's not about, you know, where a family can go and just enjoy themselves for the day. It's now about a planned vacation. So the premise is completely different. And just one more thought about the whole FastPass Plus system, and that's about the disability assistance pass that uh, has gotten talked about a lot. I know that there were a lot of changes made to take on the people who were abusing the old guest assistance card. I have to figure that the FastPass Plus system is going to be further tweaked to allow for the people who have the disability assistance pass to be able to use a finite number of select queue spaces where they can go and essentially don't have to wait in line, or if they redo the queues in such a way so that there's still sort of a space around the back, maybe they can still use their FastPass Plus, but go through that section and be able to have a faster access time and don't have to wait in the queues. I wouldn't put it past Disney to come up with a plan and a solution or have something in mind where they haven't actually announced anything yet. So anyway, there was a second part to this I wanted to bring up, and it was something interesting that I noticed. I've mentioned before that uh, I was wondering who Disney was working with on the whole FastPass Plus system. It seems like there's more at stake than just rides and attractions and getting into things and being able to do stuff. And I did notice in the past that uh, when you go to the turnstiles to enter the park, the cast members that are further back have iPads, and the cast members that are right there by the kiosks have iPhones. And it occurred to me that Apple has a very big stake in this, and they're very interested in the whole premise of what's going on. Then I heard that Apple, with its new uh, iPhones, was releasing something called Apple Pay. Apple Pay is a game changer. Apple Pay gets into a whole other space in terms of being able to make payments on your phone or on a device. I started thinking about this, and I was like, wow, it really does change everything. Because think about it, if they have a partnership with Disney and they already have a watch that they're producing for their new phone, you have the ability now to link those two together, and if you could walk up to a uh, payment kiosk, say at any retail establishment, and show your phone and be able to make a payment, why couldn't you just use your watch and make that same kind of a payment that uh, Disney invented with the FastPass Plus wristband? So it seems to me that those two are going to come together at some point, and there's going to be something to it. Now, one of the first places that Apple is going to be debuting Apple Pay, guess where? Walt Disney World. Yep, that's where they're going to have it, so the Apple Pay system is one of the uh, the big things. So Apple is um, totally engaged with this. 
uh, and Apple is on the uh, forefront of doing some uh, sort of payments and a whole uh, logistic system for uh, for managing uh, financials, which is something that a lot of the other credit issuers do and do well. Now, Apple will get into this business, and it's new to them, and it may have problems and you know, challenges along the way, but I suspect with the technology the way it's built, it could potentially be a really big thing and, as I say, be a game-changer to uh, to change the way you look at how you make payments and what you do with them. So I find this really fascinating that uh, that these all kind of come together. It's Apple and Disney, and they seem like they're working together to be able to uh, come up with something that's a little more sophisticated and allows you to do some of your payments and do some other things. And I find that really fascinating, and I'll be really interested to see where this all nets out because I, I have this feeling, it's just, a, again, it's a gut feeling, it's a hunch, that this is all coming together in some way and there's something more to it. And as we look at the big picture, there's going to be more happening with um, with Apple and with Disney uh, in this space because Disney owns all the patents on it, right? So i got to believe that they have some uh, stake in all of this and will be able to leverage it to, to do something greater and grander. Well, that is my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. Now, please exit the moving podcast. The walkway is moving at the same speed as your podcast. Kindly take small children by the hand and watch your head and step. If you have questions, thoughts, or would just like to ask Dave a question, please send an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. You can always find Dave's Disney View on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Show notes for this podcast can be found on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound A Music. You'll find a link to the latest Disney-related autism awareness event on the show notes page. We also encourage you to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There are a couple of Disney-related apps, including a Hidden Mickey's app and a pin trading app. 